SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. <laughs> hey guys, it's Therese Paler, Chiefs B-Rider with the Kansas City Star. And we are back for another edition of Chiefs Game Plan. Cowboys edition, man. The Chiefs at 6-2 are getting ready to face the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World. The Cowboys are 4-3, and they're squaring off at 3.25 p.m. on Sunday. Got another great preview for you guys today. A three-parter, actually. We actually kicked things off with an interview I did with uh, the reigning AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Harrison Butker, who has made his last 18 field goals. Um, pretty impressive guy. Very confident. He's a rookie. But he's, you know, he's a guy that you know has the kind of swag you want in a kicker. Really good interview. We talked about his kicking style and what his range is and just what it's been like to replace Carl Santos and all that. A really good interview. And then we talked to uh, one of my main men in the business, uh, an alpha dog sort to speak when it comes to NFL beat writers, Clarence Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram comes on and kind of give us thoughts on the Cowboys and an offense that might not be as impressive as we think. You know, he says there's some issues on that offense. You're going to want to stick around and hear that out. And then he tells us the game plan to beat the defense. So, uh, Chill knows his team. He's been covering that team 20 years. He's one of the old heads as far as NFL beat writers go. And, you know, he's somebody that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of young reporters, especially uh, at, uh, beat writers of color, look up to because he's been doing it so long. So, I think you guys can enjoy that. And then finally, We've got a four-man, eight-team roundtable. No Sam Mellinger, but Dave Hewlett, our ace photographer, who's really good at what he does. Give him a follow on Twitter, guys. Steps up to, uh, steps into his place to fill out the four-man booth, and we talk about all kinds of issues plaguing the Chiefs, namely the run offense and the run defense, and we make our predictions for Sunday. So, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into it. Here's my interview with Harrison Butker. Let's go. All right, we're back for another edition of Facebook Live. Every once in a while, we bring you guys a player interview, and this time, we've got the reigning AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Harrison Butker. Harrison, how's it going, man? It's going great. Hey, thank you for joining us. We all appreciate it. Uh, has been a revelation this year, you have. Picked you up off Carolina's practice squad. You missed your first kick, and not one issue since, man. How do you square away 18 straight, man? Like, how do you, how do you even begin to process that? Yeah, it's crazy thinking about it. It's been 18 field goals. It's it's happened really fast. You know, even being here playing these past five games now, it's gone really fast. But, you know, maybe it was a good thing I missed that first one to get it out of the way. Um, and then I'm just taking every kick one at a time. So really trying not to think about the streak too much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one kick at a time. I feel like I might be jinxing you by mentioning it. So we're going to get off, off that quickly. <laughs> but so after the first miss, like, what did Dave Tobe say to you? Um trying to think he was really confident I, I think yeah. he gave me a, a pat on the back or something and he was very encouraging because you, you can't dwell on it you know if mm -hmm. you let that affect the next kicks well now you're in trouble so just moving on to the to the next kick um okay what about what, what kind of role had I know the the battery between the holder and the snapper is a big deal for you like if anything gets messed up sometimes missed kicks aren't always your fault um, as a kicker but what has that battery been like between James and then the whole Dustin? And, and how are you guys all getting along? Yeah, that's it's, important. It's been great. When I first got here, the first day, really, we did some full operation field goals to help me get settled in. Um, but 
James has been doing a great job snapping the ball. Dustin's been putting it on the spot, perfectly every single time, and then the O-line's been been blocking for me. I mean, we've, we've faced some teams that have had some really good rushes, and um, everybody on that O-line, uh, the front line, has been blocking really well. It's a pretty interesting situation with you because Cairo Santos is a guy that was loved by a lot of guys. I know between the special teams unit, like Dustin liked him a lot, so did James. Um, for you stepping in, um, you know, what kind of things did you hear about him, man? Did they, like, talk to him about him very much at all? Or was it really just you step right in and, you know, now they're getting to know you? Yeah, I mean, I knew who Cairo Santos was. He's a great kicker. I've been following him when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, knew he was a really good kicker, but I heard he had an injury and they needed somebody, so they called me. and. I was able to talk to him for a couple of days, and you know good. everything's good between us. I know he'll he'll find a home soon, but yeah, everything's good. For you, man, um, you know I, we kind of look at you, and you maybe a little bigger than the average kicker, just a little bit. Uh, normally we do these interviews, and the player's taller than me, but maybe not this much taller. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, like how do you think your body type helps you, like really generate power behind the ball? You're a big, like, long, tall, lanky guy. Like, how does that help you generate the power to really yeah. drill it? It, it definitely helps. Um, you know, having a long lever from, you know, my hips a lot higher than most kickers, uh, that definitely helps generating power. And the biggest thing for tall guys like me is being consistent. And I think I've done a great job of that so far. Just need to continue that. And kickoffs, it definitely helps as well. I think taller guys definitely have an advantage with that. One thing that's interesting is that, um, you know, they've just been letting you drill it for the most part <laughs> through the end zone. Now. You know, Dave, Coach Tobe is pretty creative on some of these kick cover things at, the, at some point. So do you think at some point, um, or has he begun talking to you at all yet about placement on kickoffs to try and pin them inside the 25? Oh, yeah, we definitely practice that every week. Okay. Um, yeah, Coach Tobe, very creative. We're always working on, on stuff to, 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 you know, to, to do for the next week. So, you know, we got some up our sleeve, and, you know, we're going to keep working on it. So, What's the longest field goal you've made like in practice um, like how far can you really I usually don't go past 60 because it's not okay. really realistic but you know I've had days when there's you know plenty of distance on it but again accuracy is king it doesn't really matter how far you can kick it explain why it's not realistic past 60 um I don't know it just doesn't really happen usually the coach doesn't want to go for it because if you miss it then the uh, the other team gets the ball there so it's really only going to happen at the end of the game or at the end of a, a half so you know that's why it kind of makes it rare for a 60-yard-plus field goal, isn't it difficult to generate the power necessary to boot that if when you know that you got to hit it at, like, a lower plane? Or is that not really an issue with you? Usually, I mean, I don't really think about that. Maybe if there's okay. wind in your face, you might want to lower it a little bit. Okay. Um, I haven't really messed with that too much, but, you know, I, I just hate talking. It just sounds like you're bragging, but, you know, usually <laughs> you just hit a normal kick. You know, I'm not worrying about lowering the ball or anything. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So for you, like, what was your back? What was your background? Like, what, did you did you kick in high school? Yeah, I started kicking sophomore year of high school. Just did kickoffs actually, and then junior and senior year did field goals, punts, kickoffs. What did you think you did you like? What was your favorite sport growing up? Uh, soccer, and then soccer. I loved basketball, and then football was just intriguing. You know, it was a sport I'd never played. It's hard to replicate high school football and the fans and all that stuff, and college football. I mean. That's probably the, the best sport to play in college for the fans. So. What did you think you were going to go to college to play when you were a freshman in high school? 
Freshman in high school, I wanted to go pro in soccer, and then okay. that interest started fading, and I was thinking maybe Division three basketball or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, glad I'm playing football. What position do you think you would have played in basketball? Shooting guard. Shooting guard? Yeah, yeah. You, you can shoot the rock a little bit? Yeah. How much did you have pride in your defense? You defend? Oh, yeah, my defense was good. I was I was a number three, um, but I was good. Okay. Yeah. I was right. a captain my senior year. Okay. Yeah. Fish likes to wave at me sometimes. <laughs> uh, hi, Fish. <laughs> um, for and we're wrapping down here, man. But uh, so in soccer, would you play? Uh, defender, yeah. So I was in the back playing defense, and then for uh, for corner kicks and throw-ins, I'd go up there and hopefully get some headers. Okay, all right. Um, are you just enjoying the ride right now, man? You're on a good team. You're on a roll right now. You know, football is a weird game. Stuff happens, but right now you kind of just got to enjoy the wave. How good are you? Like how how. How well is that going for you? It's been an awesome experience. I mean, grew up watching NFL football, watching you know Andy Reid with the Eagles and Mike Vick. So you know it's crazy that I'm here and I'm just enjoying every moment. Awesome. Well, great interview, man. I appreciate you joining us, man, and uh, keep rocking. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate. Thank All you. Right. Thank Have you. Hey, thank you guys for watching. Um, you know we're gonna go ahead and keep doing these fairly regularly. And uh, you know this guy's killing it right now, and he's been honored for his for his uh, achievements. So. Show them some love on Twitter. What's your, what's your handle, man? Uh, Buttkicker7. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Take it easy. This is Therese Paler for the Star. Okay, so good stuff there from Harrison. Let's transition to my interview with Clarence Hill Jr., <clears throat> nicknamed Chill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Here we go. All right, I'm, I'm very, very pleased to welcome our next guest, uh, my main man, an old head, one of the most respected beat writers in the business. Somebody you got to follow because he is battle-tested, a veteran. Somebody you got to follow for Sunday to get the other perspective. Clarence Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Clarence, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm great. Chill. You, Your nickname. You, you, forgot, you, you forgot to add that former KC Star. I was, I was just about to get into that. You are <laughs> acquainted with the city of Kansas City before you got back to your Texan roots. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was all over Independence and Blue Springs and Bannister Road and, and, and the inner city schools and Bud Lathrop and Raytown South. Right. That was that was my stomping ground back in the day. Right. Former high school reporter at the start turned Cowboys old head with more contacts than you can shake a stick at. Um, <laughs> so... I think you've come up a little bit, I would say, Chill. Uh, <laughs> well, still I rise, still I rise. That's right, that's right. All right, <laughs> let's dive into the showdown on Sunday, man. I got a lot of questions about the Cowboys. Um, we'll start with the offense. Um, I think the, the Chiefs' run defense has been horrific, okay? Let's just call it for what it is. Uh, I would have no question about what would happen Sunday if Ezekiel Elliott plays, but it looks like he's not. So... How good do you think the Dallas running game is when Ezekiel's not in there? You know what? Well, that, that's the $64,000 question and around here because the Cowboys continue to maintain. They're going to keep the same offense and go with the same style with Alfred Morris and, and Darren McFadden and Rod Smith. Uh, they feel good about the offensive line and think that, you know, those backs can get it done. Uh behind that offensive line against anybody and, and, and they probably will be successful. The, the point is they won't be game breaking. They won't be back 
heartbreaking. They won't be punishing. Uh, they won't be electrifying. And, and this is an offense that, even with Zeke, has been devoid of playmakers. You know, they don't really have any playmakers on the outside to make things easy for, for Dak Prescott. And, and, and everything they were doing, you know, offense is based on Zeke and punishing and, and going for big gainers now. Morris is solid, you know, and, and, and McFadden, you, those are former 1,000-yard rushers. They're veteran backs. They're going to run to the right hole and, and, and do what they're supposed to. Are they going to get anything extra? That's the question. I, I don't know if they can get anything extra. They like Jalen Smith. Uh, he's a young back. I'm not Jalen Smith. Rod Smith, who's uh, actually joined the team as undrafted free agent. He's Jalen Smith, uh, the much-hyped linebacker from Notre Dame, who's, you know, uh, was injured last year and has kind of been at this point with this year. He, that's his older brother. That he he is a bigger back. He's he's going to be that third down back and and you know he has size and speed combination that that can get some things done. But again, none of those guys are are uh, Ezekiel Ellis. So it's going to be a question. You know, can they get it done even against a bad Chiefs offensive line? Because it's not necessarily. Uh, those short yarders is can they convert third downs? You know, and, and what you know will be they'll be makeable third downs for Dak in the offense to convert because of what they're doing on first and second down in the running game. So a lot of lot of lot to unpack there. At the most interesting thing, for so long the Cowboys have never really been devoid of playmakers on the outside. Jason Witten, he's thirty five years old. Des Bryant, he's twenty eight. What's going on with Des, man? Well yeah, and let's let's start first. Jason Witten is a solid tight end. He catches a lot of balls. He never really broke your back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was never Tony Gonzalez mm-hmm. to, to, to bring it home. And as far as a game-breaking, difference-making guy, certainly a huge red zone threat guy that you had to double-team like that. He was never that player. Uh, and it was always on Dez to, to be that guy on the outside. And Dez has gotten older. You know, he's not getting the separation. He got certainly been playing some tough cornerbacks. And I... He'll play another one this week in Peters, but you know he's gotten older. He's been injured. You know, there's, you know, he, he can still kill you on the slant. He can still kill you in the red zone, but he ain't running by nobody right now. And, and the problem is they have no one that really runs by anyone that, that takes a top order defense that, that opens things up. And you know, you watch other teams. You never see Cowboys receivers running wide open down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know. You see what Tyreek Hill can do, and some other guys can do, and <laughs> and, 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 and and with the big play, and and, and they have one guy that's made big plays, uh, but it's more about him uh, jumping over people, catching contested balls, and Bryce Butler than just running by people and being open down the field. And, and again, you don't really have that in this offense. I think it's missing. And when people point to Dak and his inability to throw the ball down the field, I'm like, to who? Ooh. I mean, you know, there's there's nobody running open down the field because they, you know. They schemed them open, or they just, you know, get, you know, broke it open because, you know, they can run by people. They don't really have that. Is is Dez's change? How much does that have to do with this knee thing he's been dealing with? You know, well, we just found out about the knee thing. He got injured for today. He went under for before today. Okay. Okay. With, with his knee, and and and, the, and again, he was out some games last year with the knee, and so I don't know if this came up in the game. You know, we we were I was out the locker room and writing my daily and. I saw the injury report. He was on it, and it was, you know, when I asked Garrett before practice, it was going to be out. It was going to be limited. He didn't list the number of guys. He did not list list Dez Brown. So I don't know if it's something that, that came up in practice today or something that was lingering. We, we will find that out. But, but uh, again, 
his previous results have nothing to do with this knee, you know, and it's just it has been what it was. And wow. uh, again, he's played some top cornerbacks. You go, he had Josh Norman this week. Uh, he had Tlaib in Denver. He had Peterson in in, uh, in in Arizona. He had Jenkins with the Giants. You know, he ain't been playing no scrubs. Yeah. You know, but but playmakers make plays. You get the contract that that you're getting because you're supposed to make big plays on the outside. Uh, you in on Dak Prescott as a star? Well, you know, uh, I, I think that yes. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm hesitating. Again, I don't think he's had the help on the outside. But Dak Prescott does all the right things. You know, what he, his success last year was not about tricking anybody. You know, they didn't run a junk offense. And, and, and it wasn't like one read and one of why he was athleticism. He, run, he ran the offense. And, and that's why he had a lot of success. And if you look at his numbers this year, uh, he don't turn the ball over. He's still not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's coming off a, a a bad game in the rain, in bad weather in Washington, but that had a lot to do with 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 his performance. Although he started that game six to six and nine to ten, you know, but he only completed five passes in the second half because of the inclement weather, because they had to lead and they were running the ball, and, and actually Dez dropped a touchdown pass in the game in the rain, if you want to say that. Wow. But. Uh, but Dak, Dak does the right thing. He, he's going to make plays that to be made. He's going to convert third downs. He is. I don't. I don't know if if, if superstar is the right word. He's certainly a top ten quarterback. I'm the top ten solid quarterback for years to come. Okay. Okay. Last question about the offense. Uh, when teams have had success shutting these guys down, what have they done? Well, they stopped the run. They, they you know, if you look at the teams that, that, that have had, they, they stopped the run and and made them beat them on the outside, and they've covered Dez one-on-one and done a good job on Dez, and there's been no one else who can really make plays. And, and, and again, that's going to be a bigger problem without Zeke. If they stop the run, and, you know, the Cowboys are a quick-strike team, the methodical team that uses the running game, uses the clock, and then marches down the field converting third downs. When they haven't have been able to convert third downs and march down the field, they've had problems. Okay. They're trying to get stopped and being put in third and long situations. I got you. Okay. Moving over to the defense. Um, Rob Marinelli's group, you know, he's a, he's a cover two kind of guy, a 4-3 guy. Um, you know, how, how disruptive is his defensive front, Clarence? You know what? It, it, it is growing more and more disruptive. You know, we, you know, coming into the season, certainly it started the season, you know, that was the weak link, and that was well among many weak links on this defense, but they had no – um, war daddy type pass rusher. Nobody you had to worry about. And Demarcus Lawrence had been here a couple of years, and uh, he hadn't really blown up. It was one reason why the Cowboys drafted Taco Charter in the first round because they needed so much help up front because they didn't have a proven pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Taco's been a disappointment, but the Cowboys have been able to sustain and overcome that because Demarcus Lawrence has become a beast all of a sudden. You know, he's in a contract year, but he's also healthy. <laughs> Hey, chill. The contract year is undefeated, bro. No, the contract year is always undefeated. But what's also true, in fairness, he's also healthy. He's coming off back-to-back seasons where he had back uh, off season where he had back surgery, and that's not a problem. And, and he's healthy and, and and be able to get around. And he's leading the league in sacks, and, and no one saw that coming. He has a second every game this year. And, and and the good news for the Cowboys is now he has a partner, David Irvin, who missed the first four games. Uh, for taking a legal supplement has five sacks in three games. You know, he's had a sack in every game since he's been back and and they've been a pretty potent tandem. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know, if you, if you get the guy, uh, 
team at third and long, you know, those guys are going to get to the quarterback. But, again, they got to stop the run first, and that's the problem. When they've had problems this year, when they've lost games this year, is because they couldn't get the run stopped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So teams have been going at them. Is it mainly like with zone stuff, or are they having success with power stuff? Uh, you know, they – you know, it's been mainly with the lack of making plays on, on their side. And, you know, uh, and the injuries have played a role in that. I mean, so when, when, when Sean Lee was on the field, the Cowboys are usually pretty good, except for that Denver game. And Sean Lee's missed games, their, their top linebacker, uh, with the groin injury. And that put Jalen Smith, the guy I talked about earlier, on mm-hmm. the field. And he was exposed because he wasn't supposed to be playing as much as he played early in the season. Mm-hmm. Now they got their full complement of linebackers uh, that they had op- hoped to open the season with. And Jalen's on his spot playing, which – allowing him to really grow into his role. But, yeah, last year the Cowboys did not give up a 100-yard rush at 100 receiver all season. You know, they've already given up three 100-yard rushes this year. Wow. You know, and, and, and that's, that was the problem. That has been a problem. Okay. Where are you at with the the secondary? Like, Are there enough playmakers back there, man? Uh, they don't, and that, that is a problem. They, they, their safeties play, for, for the most part, has been – Abominable. I mean, it, it, it's been embarrassing, and, and they don't have haven't really made plays for the safety position. The cornerbacks were young and still trying to cover their own. Hand. Orlando Scandrick has been solid. You know, he, he's having a great year. Uh, he's a slot corner. You know, but you know the other guys. You know, it, it's hit and miss, and and they're young, they're feisty, but they're young, and so they're going to make mistakes. They're continuing to make mistakes, and they're not getting much help uh, from the safety position. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, man. That, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good breakdown. Uh, the way teams have gotten after this defense is by running the ball. You got to run the ball on them. Huh? Okay. Uh, what's your prediction for Sunday, man? Well, I, I got the Chiefs winning. I got the Chiefs winning uh, 28-17, and, and I, I don't think it's going to be. Man, that's that's a pretty march, wide margin when it's considering the Cowboys at home. But I, I just think they're going to struggle with the speed on the outside, struggle stopping the run, and, and struggle making plays on offense. But, but, but we'll see. Obviously, anything can happen. Uh, I, I've liked Kansas City for most of the year. Certainly, their, their defense is not as good without Reed. I mean, I'm sorry, without Barry uh, at the safety position. And I, I see y'all, y'all bench my boy uh, at cornerback, the former Cowboy. I get my mind is gone blank. Yeah, T. Mitch. Terrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best team missed you. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I like team Mitch though. He's we all like team Mitch. We all like. It just sounds like he's high all the time. <laughs> hey, man. Love team Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is one of my favorite guys. I love that guy. Uh, you know, but uh, so yeah, I, I see the Chiefs winning. Uh, but you know, I, it's curious that, that, that sometimes Chiefs' offense looks explosive and unstoppable, and sometimes it doesn't. And and, and 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 sometimes it looks like you know, with those pass rushes, you know, it's hard to block them. And then in other games, like the Oakland game, they, they didn't get to the quarterback late. So I, I just don't know what to make of them at times. All right, it's the man, the myth, the Lawrence, Clarence Hill Jr. Clarence, how can they find you on Twitter, man? Hit me up at Clarence Hill Jr. That's my Twitter all day. Uh, follow the Cowboys again. Uh, I've been covering the Cowboys since 1997. Woo! Two playoff wins on my resume. 20 years. So it was years. after the, the uh, titles, huh? 20 years, boy. Yes. Better. Two playoff wins. <laughs> two. Just two. Oh, one over my Lions, by the way. <laughs> yes. All right. So, all you Kansas City fans, you come to Dallas, a Kansas City Dallas party. We got a lot of friends from the camera down. We're doing a party. On Saturday at CSU okay. in Uptown. Okay. All right. All right, man. Maybe I'll see you there, Chill. You should. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Stay up, okay? All right.
Okay, see you, man. Okay, so great stuff there from my man, Chill. Here is a 18-round uh, table with the guys. Let's go. All right, we're here with the A-team. It is Vahe Gregorian. Vahe, how you doing? I'm good, Therese. Thank you for uh, continuing to keep me in the A-team. <laughs> we could not excommunicate. <laughs> if you're an original, I, if you're a founding member. Yeah, how, how could we excommunicate? I, I don't know. George, I think you have got to have the power. We couldn't do that. Come on, what are we talking about, man? You're uh, an invaluable part. Blair Kirkhoff, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, doing great. Yeah, my biggest fear in life is being on the B team. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Blair Kirkhoff, the wittiest member of the A team, folks. Blair gives us an edge. It's good. There's a there's a hard edge to Blair's humor that. But we you know what? It's, it's a good. sneaky hard edge. I it is. I need to get that in there because you don't, you know, you don't you see shift it coming. You shift. Yeah. And Blair saves it yeah. for non A team members. Sarcastic. I mean, Jim, Jim Thomas is still pulling the shrapnel out of his back on the like a team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad about that. No, 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 it's great. And uh, also, David Hewlett, our ace photographer and the fifth member of the A team, joined us on the podcast. Dave, off the practice squad, up for the up for the game. <laughs> the, the, the fifth, the fifth activator for the game. Yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. You, Dave, you are more than a practice squad. You are definitely. Um, maybe you're on the bench sometimes because you're too busy, like giving us like coaching. But um, no, man, we're happy to have you on here because Sam Mellinger is on assignment. Um, doing something yeah, very important. Yeah, that's where he is. Yeah. On a side yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, we can't I can't do it today. I have an interview. <laughs> interview. With who? It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but we are gonna have a good one for you today. I mean you guys have heard so far, uh, you know, you heard from Clarence Hill from Fort Worth Star Telegram, one of my guys and a former Chill. Right. Claire, one of my guys. That's one of your guys, yep, Claire. Yep, we were, we were teammates for, for several years at the Kansas City Star back in the 90s. Good, good writer. Man, he's... Chill is good in the room. Man, he, he's Very a great interviewer. Social. Great interviewer. Man, I, he and I can talk about some Texas-Oklahoma parties. Uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Friday before the Red River Classic, we'd, we'd go to a Mexican restaurant and day drink. Um <laughs> So, sodas, of course. Sodas. Right. No, right. just sodas. Yeah, but yeah, you can't stay <laughs> hydrated. <laughs> Club soda. Gluten-free beer. Yes. Right. Chill's a good dude. Uh, really, really good in the locker room. He's an old head now, too, so yeah. you know, he's been through more. I mean, he's got his people in Dallas, so he's a great dude. Um, and also, talked to Harrison Butker for Facebook Live. Really good interview. Um, really, really confident guy. Have you? Has everybody won? You interviewed him, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I have. Guy? I have. After his Very first game, and, and today, before you took him to Facebook Live, he did a little session with the the, the broader media, and and it really does stand out the confidence, no. but also kind of the candor. I mean, just he talked he talked a lot about how you know the media, and he wasn't saying it in a snarky way, but the media makes way more of distance yeah. than. He's Kickers like, do. He's like, you can find any bum off the street to kick at 70. <laughs> it was, tw- it was, a, t- <laughs> it was a 23-year-old said- equivalent to the Andy Reid dismissal. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But, but, it, but his point, well taken. I, I felt like I learned something from the point. I mean, which is, you, you, you darn well better be 18 in a row from 50 in, or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, you'd rather have that than a guy who, who once in a while might blast one from 61 and so he doesn't. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know yeah. he, he's yeah. only been in the NFL yeah. for how many games? Been a, eight. about eight games or less than one. 
you know, Santos get hurt. Football, uh, to keep you honest. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's got a kind of a refreshing naivete about him. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, I'm sure he goes into these games just sort of free-minded. He's not, he doesn't think about these kicks. He just gets on the field and kicks. But best of all, it, it, my favorite part of the story is still kind of that he missed his first one, and then he just, like, the, the, the kicker whisperer, Dustin Colquitt, kind of came over and said, hey, you're really good, don't worry about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I am. And, and Eight, it's, 18 in a row later. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, uh, yeah. Just, he's, he, when he misses a, a kick, that's going to be, like, devastating. And lose. Well, like, that'll be the He's going to have to handle that. Well, given the Chiefs' history, <laughs> field goals in the playoffs. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went there, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe Jacksonville was a team we identified. We did identify. <laughs> hey, if I were you guys, I'd be very terrified of Jacksonville. Because <laughs> that Jacksonville, like, oh, God. What? People, the reactions to that on Facebook Live were so funny. People know that this is, is going to be cold. It's going to be 18 degrees. It's not going to be like there won't be much life. Nope. And they've got a Hulk back there. They have an absolute Hulk. What's the over under on his carries? 40? Uh, <laughs> 33? What do, you, what do you do if you're the Chiefs and, you, and, and you're aligned with playing that AFC South winner maybe in the playoffs? Do you want Houston to win that division? A million percent. They can beat Houston anywhere. They can't beat. I mean, they can beat anybody, but like if, if it's cold and Fournette gets going, or even like, you know. Even the Texans can beat you up. Like they, they you can. Know, yeah. I'm sorry, the Titans. Even the, the Titans t- can beat you up. You know, like uh, Chiefs are gonna have to because this we're headed that way if things don't get better. But um, and maybe we can even talk about that. But Dave, one of the reasons we want to have you on is because we think you got some. One of the best things about you is that you're like not only elite at what you do, but like you watch like the game and you like notice things because you're really like right next to the bench sometimes or in the you hear I can only imagine how many times you hear certain curse words a game <laughs> that I'm not going to use here but like you must hear certain words multiple just sometimes <laughs> it's lively down there yeah so what did what was the number one thing you took away from that win over um, uh, over that on that win on some on first Monday? first I thought win? I thought it was interesting that um you know, they won by 10 points, but yet it sort of felt like this weird kind of almost a letdown. Um, but, what I, but what I noticed and I was a little more surprised by is that Kareem Hunt is getting tackled by multiple guys, sometimes behind the line. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious as to whether teams are stacking the box or whether it's offensive line play or whether there's enough Kareem Hunt on tape now that these defenses have kind of figured out his move to the hole. But without Kareem, you know, getting those 10, 12, 20, 25-yard runs, I'm not sure that the defenses are really that concerned about the pass part of it. I know Kelsey had a great game, but the rest of the receivers seemed it was a little quieter. Very Um, quiet. So then, and Kareem had a quiet game, so... You know, if you'd thrown a different sort of defense in there in the playoffs, how does that go? Well, I think you're right. I, look, you're definitely hitting at the crux of a big, big question, aren't you? Um, it, it, how much of their ability to loosen up defenses has depended on you know really knowing that Kareem can can generate some 
important yardage. Kareem busts off a 30-yard run. Now it's a whole different deal. Yeah, yeah. Now Albert Wilson gets open over the middle. Now you've got a little, you know, little go route. You've got some little curl routes that you can get that are open now because now we're paying attention to Hunt. Well, if we're tackling Hunt behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, that's... it's like, hmm. You know, I'll take a little bit of a contrary position here. I, I think maybe the fact that there it is something of a three-headed monster with Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and, and Kareem Hunt that you know, we've talked about it all year. You, you can take one away, maybe take two away. But look, look what happened in this game. I, Chiefs only scored a touchdown, one offensive touchdown. It was to Kelsey, but he had 133 yards. And... If the Chiefs don't have, if if the Broncos don't take, or any defense really, uh, can take away two of those weapons, and the Chiefs don't have a you know all pro level person at the third, Chiefs don't win that game. I don't I don't think. No. And maybe in the past they wouldn't have won that game because they didn't have you know an all pro running. Spencer Ware was a good running back, but not a, a, a pro bulk at caliber running back. Um, and I don't think Macklin is what Tyreek Hill when uh, Tyreek Hill is when it comes to certain speed. So maybe the Chiefs don't win a game like they did Monday night. Uh, but they have they're so good at all three. You're making me think of something that I didn't really pay much attention to. And how was it that Tyreek Hill was? Um, what's happening that the teams are able to more or less not clamp him down, but neutralize him a little bit? I mean, it wasn't a big game for Ty Hill. What what's going on there? Well, Denver's cornerbacks are good. Yep. So whether it's it, Tlaib, Roby, or just quality Chris Harris, is, Junior, is, those is guys the point there. And yeah, they can handle him, right? So they can handle him. They can handle him. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> that's why Jacksonville should scare the ever living <laughs> out of you guys because uh, Jalen Ramsey is good. Like Jalen Ramsey is legitimately good. AJ Boye can lock up Travis Kelsey. Who and he did last yeah. year. Like if they make if they all the all the Jaguars have to do to shut down the Chiefs offense, load up the box, line up Boye on on Kel, on Kelsey on every passing down they think he could get the ball, and then go man to man Ty Hill on Jalen Ramsey, and the Chiefs are gonna have a difficult time moving the ball. Their best bet would be for it would be Demarcus Robinson on the next guy. And I mean, I like Demarcus, but like, if that, that if if you've been reduced now to trying to go to Demarcus and Demetrius Harris, to win which the is playoff. what the Jaguars can do, um, and then don't forget, like the Jaguars are going to pound you. They are going to run for 175 plus yards. So look, so, everything you're saying suggests that they really, on both sides of the ball, are the worst possible matchup for the Chiefs. That's the not players. like a. The you Steelers. know, any team that, yeah. I Maybe mean, more so these guys, right? I mean, the Steelers have done it too, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And the Jaguars all arguably should have won that game last year here. Like, you know, there's talent there. And they got bigger and stronger and better. Like, So that's the team to worry about. That was the game that uh, Nick Foles, that Foles? Yeah. Yeah. Foles played that game. Yeah, that's after right. After the Indy concrete turf. Yeah. 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 I, like, I like to prepare you guys for possible scenarios. So, um, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what you want. Um, yeah. One thing that they can do to help themselves is run the ball better against good fronts. And I think that's where the return of Mitch Morris is going to help. Um, Blair, you had a chance to talk to Mitch after the win over Denver. Just how did he seem to you? Yeah, he, well, it's always hard. It's always difficult for us up in the press box to, to evaluate how well an offensive line plays outside of just the raw numbers that you have after the game. And 
Chiefs didn't run the ball very well, didn't run it effectively. There were a couple of times that Hunt got loose, but mostly those were – remember they had some option plays. Um, Smith read the defensive end and pitched it, and I believe those were the, those were the ones that resulted in double-digit runs for, for Kareem Hunt. But they weren't winning the battle up front. And, and uh, Dave is right that um, there was a lot of gang tackling of Kareem Hunt. Usually on the, on the line there, like when I'm down on the field – I can see the hole for a second, a second and a half, and on uh, Monday night, I was seeing the hole for just an instant, and it swallowed up. And a lot of times, I didn't even see Hunt take three steps before he got tackled. So, it, look, it, the Chiefs are certainly better off with Mitch Morris at center, and then moving Zach Fulton to guard, and it's still with um, Parker Anger. Uh, looking to take his first snap of the season so he, he could return to the mix. But, um, you know, it's, it's a net plus, having, certainly having Mitch Morse back. He said he felt good. Talked to him after the game and actually a little bit today. And um, looks fine. He's, um, uh, I, I think they were being really cautious with that foot injury. And, um, uh, and, and he's 100% or seems to be 100%. I, I think the Chiefs' offensive line's uh, in line for a good game at Dallas. I, I think you'll, you'll see some. I think you'll see a high-scoring game down there. I think you'll see Kareem Hunt, who has you know between the you know the Steelers, Raiders, and and um, and Broncos uh, kind of bust out a little bit. And is he, is he still leading the NFL in rushing? Do we know that, or has he been overtaken? I know he did lead going into the week. I don't know where he's at right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a hundred yard rushing game from Kareem in, in this game. I wouldn't either. I mean, Dallas is four and three. You know, um, I still I'm still not convinced the Chiefs are going to win this game, but because just because even if Elliott doesn't play, you know. Mm-hmm. The line is still the line. It's we a great offensive line. It's a it's a Raider. It's better than the Raiders' offensive line. The Raiders' offensive line dominated that game in Oakland. I mean, we can talk about this, like you know, Dak Prescott. Like these guys, you know, they're gonna get what they need on the ground. I, and we'll make predictions later too. But you know, at this at this point, you know, how concerned? Well, give me the game plan to win against Dallas. You guys think? Like, what what do they have to do? Like, what's the path to beat the Cowboys? Because the number one thing is, like, I think it's what you said. I think it's Kareem Hunt's got to have a game. That's going to help. I think he does. But, you know, and you guys can break this down better than I can because I'm just looking at a raw number. I didn't realize Dallas a little better against the run than maybe I, I, I would have thought. 106 yards a game, 15th in the league. Um, but they know. run – here's the thing, though. Go ahead. No, that's all. That, that, that's really it. I mean, so, so I guess the question is, is that actually more of a strength – of the Cowboys than we realize, and if so, does that make it more important that the Chiefs find a way to, no. to break it? Or, that's, that's, or? A good, that's a good um, question. That's a, look, I mean, they're okay, but it's a cover two team. It's Rob Marinelli's a defensive coordinator, so that means they're a little undersized, and you can run at them a little bit with power stuff. They're probably going to take away some of their zone stuff, cause they're, but maybe not the inside zone. I mean, it, you know, you can get some stuff, right? So, um I think I think they're okay, but I do think that you know the line is going to be back to normal for the most part. They should be yeah. able to pound the ball. That's the number one key. You got you got to run the ball on these guys a little bit. And then the second thing is, you know, uh, I'd be surprised if Des Bryant sees a ton of Marcus Peters. Right? I mean, you can just go at the other guy now. You know, Bryant should line up on whoever's on the outside corner opposite Peters, 
and they should just throw it. I mean, somebody, whoever's over there is going to have to play well. You know, somebody's going to have to make it. That was Acker who took every snap last, you know, the other night. I was, I, was, I didn't realize it. He was in the first, every snap. Yeah, Acker. Uh, it was just the three quarterback, just Acker, uh, Marcus, and and, uh, and Nelson. Yeah, Acker's uh, going to have to play well, man. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you think that was a trial for Acker, or, or you think we'll see Mitchell again? I'd be surprised if Mitchell was just done. I just, you, you know, I mean, Acker's going to keep getting shots, but I think we've all kind of liked Mitchell's competitiveness. I don't, I don't think that he just stinks. I think the. I think that he he's not done yet as a chief yet. Interesting though to make it a whole game yeah. that way. No, that, that was the part that was a little surprising. I thought. No, no, I, I get that. You know, sometimes there's other factors though. So. Uh, and Acker's interception was yeah. was honestly kind of a gift. It was. Like, I, I think I could have intercepted that and returned it 20 yards with a stiff I, I arm. I think that dinosaur you saw in the parking lot would have thrown that, <laughs> would have thrown that ball better. Yeah, uh, but you know, hey, good good on him for getting it. Yeah, you know, when it when it comes to you, you got to catch. How excited are we to go see Jerry World? So, I, I get. Have you been? You've not been. I have been, oh, been there once. Yeah, I've been, been, been there once. Some college stuff. A couple yeah. bowls. A couple and, bowls uh, and a regional. Missouri, and a regional. And a regional. Yeah. That scoreboard is the, sick. The thing that is going to be really weird, and I'll be interested to see how a true connoisseur of the game like you digests this, Therese. Um, it is very hard to sit in that press box and look at the field because it, yeah, it's like a spaceship runs, inside the stadium. Right, and the scoreboard runs almost the length of the field. It's from twenty to twenty, I think. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So a couple funny. couple of punters have hit it. I mean, it it, it sits kind of low, and, um, and and I've had one person actually tell me he's tried to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe here here's a, a just an interesting fun with numbers thing on that. Texas Stadium, built in 71 or 72, cost $40 million. Jerry World cost a billion dollars. The scoreboard cost $40 million. <laughs> so I, I, that number has stuck with me. Now, I bet as you think about going there, Therese, you're not really thinking about the most exciting part, which is uh, it's the return of the Preston Road trophy game. <laughs> I love that. Which goes to the winner of Chiefs-Cowboys games, conceived in 1998 by Lamar Hunt, who lived on Preston Road in Dallas, as does Jerry Jones. Coach Reed today suggested that maybe Clark lives on Preston Road. I don't know about that. But um, Dave Hewlett, I think maybe the only member of the A-team who was would, at, at the last game down, a, down in Dallas. A piece of trivia, um, 2005, Lamar Hunt flipped the coin before the uh, Chiefs-Cowboys game in Dallas at Texas Stadium and the last two times that the Chiefs and Cowboys have played have been at Arrowhead. Uh, the 2009 game was when they both wore the uh, AFL throwback uniforms. Well, the, uh. the, the Chiefs threw the Cowboys wore their original 1960s, and, and, the, and the Chiefs, Chiefs wore, wore the, their the Texans. The Texans helmets. Oh, so the Cowboys was, had like the, the sleeves. Yeah, that yeah. was the 09 game. It was the 05 game was the last time they played in Dallas. So 12 years without playing in Dallas, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And the whole schedule mix. Now. Sure, it is. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. It's going to be fun. I think we like going outside the division sometimes for games. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how this team holds up. They have a chance to go into the bye week with a nice seven and two record, and I think a loss would really like kind of get them a little sour going to the bye. I'm not sure they're going to win though. I'm actually curious to know what you guys think. Let's go around the room and make our predictions. Blair, what do you got, man? Who you got winning? Thirty-three twenty-seven Cowboys. 
Cowboys 31, Chiefs 20. Ooh, Ooh that's an Cowboys ass kick. 27, Chiefs 24. I picked the Chiefs to win every game this year. Have that's, you really? That mm-hmm. stops now. I'm picking <laughs> – I can't believe this is a Cowboys sweep because I think the Chiefs could win this game. Like it sure. Is, and none, you know, none and of I'm us are predicting blowouts. What did you say, 33-21? 33-27. Okay, I, so I all, all, we're all predicting one-score things so far. Right. It's like the Price is Right uh, – yeah, you know, showcase showdown. I'm I'm gonna go Cowboys thirty, Chiefs twenty three, but so, it could easily go the other way, man. Right. I just we're talking about one score the other way. I just even without Elliott, like they're they're gonna run the ball. It's funny how, you know, I think part of this is not feeling great about the Chiefs coming out of the Broncos game, mm-hmm. the way they played, and the two losses before that. So we, Sam said it pretty well the other night on on the. Um, Facebook Live, we see this team every snap. We yeah. go to every place. So we see yeah. the flaws yeah. as where fans might see all the nothing but strengths. And the, this run defense is really an issue. It, it's a, you know what all of us picking the Cowboys is? is a, it's a complete, it's what you said. It's, I co sign a million percent. It's a reflection of all of us thinking they can't run the ball right now. And they can't, can't stop, stop the run. It. And we think you and I think they'll get the running game together against the Cowboys. But even without Elliott, I mean they're going they're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are going to have to. They're going to need some. They're going to need some help to win this game. And they could win this game. I don't think all of us should have picked the Cowboys. Like I wonder if this is going to be a nobody believes in us game. Because I bet you everyone's going to pick the Cowboys, right? Like I, you know, it's going into the bye week. You know, players are probably player the Chiefs one day short. One day short week. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something to think about. It is. It's part Cowboys of my part of my thinking. And, 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 and lost lost to the Raiders yeah. on the short week. And mm-hmm. um, the, the weird thing is though, oh. I I do think the Chiefs play better on the road than they do at Arrowhead. They do. I think that they are. Um, I think they. It appears to me that they focus better on the road, and I, I have no idea why that is. I mean, the Cowboys are four and three. Like, and come on, and, and look good on the road at uh, what Washington this in weekend the, in the rain too. Do we think the Cowboys can be four and four? I mean, they're probably a little better than that. You know I what? Know. But we, I think we're all convinced that the Eagles are the class of that division. Yeah. Um, um, I, I agree with Dave. I think in the last few years, I, I've felt like they've they, played they, better on the road. Maybe they concentrate yeah. a little bit better. I think it's a different locale <laughs> that they just—it's a different stadium that they're not I think used there's to. There's a different they're, level of intensity. They're I dialed up a million percent. There's a different level of intensity. Well, we'll see if they'll bring it this week. It's interesting to look at you know what they've done. You know they 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 beat the Giants in the opener. Giants stink. They got blasted by the Broncos. <laughs> that was, that, that was gave the us a false impression, I think, of Denver. Yeah. They, they get by the Cardinals. That was they lose I, to the Rams. They lose to the Packers. They blast close, the 49ers. Really close games. I mean that Ram, that Packers yeah. game was a final. You know, was an Aaron Rodgers miracle game, right? And that's right. So, but but I'd say the Washington win is their their best win, and that's the one they're coming off of. But the other ones, I mean, two of their wins are against teams that you know don't seem very. Three of their wins are against teams that don't seem very good. The only really good win seems like Washington, and Washington's only what four and three. You know what? I picked these guys to like lose this game in, before the year and then, like, win, like, their last, like, eight, seven games or something or go six and one. I, I bet you that's what happens. I bet you they lose this game and, and they and, might and not go, lose a game. Right, right. I, I think th- I felt the same way. I had them going five and four before the break mm-hmm. and six and one after mm-hmm. for an 11 and five. 
And I didn't, you know, I, I, factored, I thought the Raiders were going to be the best team in the division. So I had them second in the division. But in the playoffs, this team could very easily be 12 and 4. Lose this game, go 6 and 1 after the break, be 12 and 4, match last year's record. I guess what this comes down to, if we're looking at this critically, like, you know, they're not going to lose at Denver. Denver's going to be done at the yeah. end, So that's a win. I think Miami, all, the, all the West Miami, teams will be done. They get Miami at home, at that's home. a win. Miami doesn't play well when it's cold in December. Uh, Buffalo the Chargers at, here. Buffalo at home to me Buffalo's is the one. That, that is, yeah. That's the interesting one. The rest of these games are all wins. Giants, Buffalo. Jets well, could be a little well, tricky. Well, Buffalo's a tough one. Right, and Buff- Jets could be a little tricky. You think so? I think in mm. New York. Yep. Interesting. But they beat Oakland here. Yeah, I, th- I think the Chiefs are pretty sought. Solid to go seven and one, so six and one down the stretch. So the question is, is this a thirteen and three team? I don't think so. I think it's a twelve and four team. So I'm gonna pick them to lose this week. That makes sense. Yeah. Twelve and four with the uh, tiebreaker over the Patriots. Yep. No tiebreaker. Don't have the tiebreaker over the Steelers. Yep. Um, and then the AFC South winner is not going to get to twelve and four. So, so they'll be coming look, in here. That's Chiefs right. are going to have a fun, they're going to have another great regular season. But again, as we said Monday night. They don't measure it around here now in regular season. No, people so. are going to be really pissed. Yep. Yeah. You know, to, by the way, to Dave's point, and we've talked about this before, but it is kind of amazing over Andy Reid's it's the career. the exact same. It's virtually wow. the same. Home and away record. Home Andy Reid career, 91-57. and 57. Gotcha. Road career, 88-59-1. and one. It, That's Philadelphia, too, but it, yeah. Break, yeah. It, it breaks down similarly in Camp for but his it, Chiefs tenure. Yeah, um, I don't have that exact number handy, but... The, the broader point is his team seemed to be as or better prepared on the road. They were 6-2 and two home and away last year yeah. each. And they have a loss on the road and a loss at home this year. Okay. Guys, I appreciate you guys joining us. I'm talking to the men in this room, right? Thank you. Um, <laughs> definitely not the people. I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a fun game. We do appreciate you guys listening. Remember, go KansasCity.com to all your Chiefs news as you made it to the end of the podcast. Our podcast number is steadily growing. Thank you. We, uh, we'd appreciate it if you go to iTunes and rate and review our Sports BKC podcast. Um, I've seen our numbers, people, which means that I, there are thousands of people who listen to this weekly, and we only have 100 reviews. So there's many of you that are disregarding um, my request. So you need to regard it and, like, go do it if you appreciate it and want us to keep doing it. So thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.